Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Do you ever have any forgetful moments? Just, I mean, it's like the processor turns off. You just, you can't remember. For me, the, the one thing that does that every single time, a trip to the refrigerator erases my memory. Like, I, I can go and stand in front of the open door forever, still not remembering what I went there for. I mean, a trip to the refrigerator will erase my memory. I can't remember my name when I get to the refrigerator. Or the only thing worse than that is for my wife to send me in the grocery store with a list of three items that I didn't write down. I can never remember any more than two. And uh, so I'm, I'm at 66% there. And uh, so that's not good, you know. And you know what? Those are kind of trivial. I realize that this morning. But they're indicative of something deeper and something that's a lot more meaningful because sometimes our moments of forgetfulness aren't as trivial as these illustrations. As a matter of fact, sometimes our forgetfulness will offer to us a perspective of life that absolutely skews our view of the world and what's going on around us. It, it, will, it will mess us up sometimes. This, this, this forgetfulness that you and I often suffer from will actually rob us. Because we can become so forgetful of how incredibly blessed we are that we are actually robbed of the benefit of the blessing. And, and I want to highlight a couple of things for you here in this message. Number one, I, would, I do want to mention the, the hazard of forgetting, but I really want to impress on you today the benefit of remembering. Because if you're going to have a heart that is truly thankful... You're going to have a heart that doesn't forget. That doesn't forget the fact that you are incredibly blessed. Would you just look at somebody right now and just look them right square in the pupils and say, I am incredibly blessed. Let me, as you're asking the question of yourself throughout this series, do I have a thankful heart? This is so important to, to assess in ourselves because we are so prone to not be thankful. We are so prone to pessimism, so prone to allowing the shortfalls of life to overshadow even the greatest of blessings. And of course, this is an appropriate time of the year to emphasize this because you're listening for it, you're expecting it, and maybe you're even trying to exercise a little Thanksgiving yourself. So we're capitalizing on the moment, and whatever the case is, you're primed for this message. And, and let me just tell you this, if you are assessing yourself, and you are finding in your heart a lack of thanksgiving or a thanklessness, let me, let me just hasten to tell you today that that thanklessness is oftentimes rooted in forgetfulness. If we're not thankful it's usually because we're forgetful. I have a sign somewhere. Uh, it usually stays in my office, but I'm so displaced anymore. I, I'm not sure where it's at at the moment. But I still remember, because it's emblazoned on my heart and my mind, this sign that says, I remember when I prayed 
for the things that I now have. Do you remember? Just, just take a minute here. Do you remember a time that you desperately sought the Lord for some things now that are firmly in your possession? Maybe some milestones that you've achieved, maybe some possessions that you have, maybe some, some relational uh, uh, things that have worked out in a way that you'd hoped they would. Do you remember the day, though, that you prayed for the thing that you now have? Because where we get in trouble sometimes is we don't remember what it was like praying for the thing that we have now because we're so focused on next that we forget the blessing of now. The next thing, the next milestone, the next station, whatever it may be. And you know what? It is a terrible, terrible thing when people forget, when we forget the magnitude or the dynamics of our blessings. You ever, you ever seen a kid that was just given everything they ever wanted, this on, handed to them on a silver platter, they never had to ask, it was just given, 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 and then they expressed this ingratitude towards the gift and the giver because they'd forgotten the sacrifice that was made, the price that was paid, or they never understood it in the first place. We call them spoiled brats. And I've got, I have to ask myself sometimes, so I'll ask you, are you ever bratty? I'm bratty sometimes, I've got to tell you. I'm bratty, I'm, I'm spoiled. I know it. I, I, am, I am living at a higher level than I deserve. I mean, we all are. We are all, you know, doing better than we deserve to be doing. And it's a terrible thing when people forget the magnitude and the dynamics of their blessings. Husbands and wives that forget the blessing they have in each other. That's tragic. A nation that doesn't regard the sacrifices that have been given for the freedoms they enjoy. That's tragic. When we get so religious as to somehow think that we have saved ourselves through our own goodness... And we forget that it was Jesus Christ who over 2,000 years ago surrendered his self and gave his life that through his death and resurrection we can be made whole. That's tragic. That's tragic. And it's a terrible thing to forget the many blessings that we have received. And, and you know, the thing is, though, it's easy. It's easier to forget the more accustomed that we become to the blessing that we now enjoy. We forget how it used to be. We forget how it could be. We forget how it should be. You know, I get aggravated now when I don't have 5G. I remember when there was no such thing as a cell phone. You know, so, so a lot of these conveniences, you know, it's not that bad. But when we forget, it skews the perspective and we begin to see things so much different. We forget, we forget sometimes not only how it used to be, how it could be, how it should be, but sometimes we forget where it came from. And we take for granted the blessings that we hold in our hands. And I just ask this of myself today too. What about you? Do, you, do we realize how much we have? And I'm not talking about just material things, by the way. Although by virtue of your wardrobe this morning, you're in the top tier of, of, of uh, 
prosperity in the world. Just that you're fully clothed today. That puts you at the top. Now, do you realize, though, how much you've been given, not just in the way of material blessings, but we are blessed by God in so, so many ways. As a matter of fact, as you're working on developing a heart of thanksgiving, don't forget in your gratitude what really matters. And a thankful heart doesn't forget that there's more to this life than just the natural. There's, sure, we have, we have plenty of natural blessings. We've got food, we've got clothing, we've got dwelling places, we've got jobs and paychecks, and for all of those things we are and we should be thankful. But if we're going to truly have a heart of thanksgiving, we've got to realize that these blessings, as great as they are, are not the highest and greatest blessings in this life. They are secondary at best, and they're not an end to themselves. In fact, it is the enjoyment of all these things that is the outflow of something else. Because you understand that if you had not met the grace and the goodness of Almighty God, you could have everything that this world has to offer you and still be miserable still be undone, still be broken, still be jacked up. But because of God and His blessings in your life, things that are intangible, things that you don't see, we get to enjoy all of the other things. As a matter of fact, let me challenge you with this thought today. We've touched on it here and there throughout this series, but I, I just want to really dwell on it here, camp here for just a minute this morning, that all of these physical things that we give so much of our attention and we're so readily thankful for, the Bible says that none of these are the priority of life. In fact, Jesus says that. He challenges his followers. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much more valuable? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? And why should you worry about clothes? See the flowers that grow in the field? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. I want you to underscore that in your, in your word if you're taking note today. The pagans run after. They run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. Isn't that incredible? The, the Word says that the Lord knows what we have need of before we even ask or think. And He knows that we have need of them. And then Jesus says, but you, followers of mine, you seek first. You prioritize the spiritual. You prioritize the, the economy of heaven. You, you prioritize the kingdom of God in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, the pagans are running after, the pagans are running after the things of the world. But if you run after me, all these things, they're going to be added to you. They're going to be given to you. So we can't forget. 
We can't forget what the Lord has done. Listen, in Psalm 100, I love this. I love this. You know, we come to church on Sunday morning and it takes a song or two or maybe by the third we're starting to kind of feel like worshiping. You know, can I just challenge you that if you come to the house of the Lord, you say, well, I don't feel like raising my hands and I don't feel like worshiping, I don't feel like singing. Can I tell you that your feelings ain't got anything to do with it? That is, that is an entirely re- irrelevant metric to measure and gauge whether or not you offer praise to the Lord. It's not about how we feel. It's about the reality of His worthiness to be worshipped, to be adored. And, and, and this is it. I, I want you to pay real close attention here. We're going to look at Psalm 100 here for just a second. But the psalmist says in Psalm 100, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So for you and I, let's, let's bring that forward into a new covenant relationship with God. Just very simply, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We, we did not get that way by ourselves. We are that way by grace, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God that He has saved us, that He has redeemed us, that He is creating in us a new creation. We are, we are His. But through the spirit of adoption, we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. That is the only qualifier for what comes next. That's it. That's the only criteria that's given to us is that we belong to God. How many of you belong to God? Amen. Come on, just don't be shy. If you belong to God through the blood of Jesus Christ, lift hands up high all over this place. That's right. All right, so that's the qualifier. You meet the criteria. You have every qualification for what's coming next and the psalmist says therefore enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name all you got to do is understand that you are a child of the most high god through the finished work of calvary today and that ought to be enough today for you to want to give god praise for you to want to have a thankful heart and to bless his name he is good we sang about it earlier today that's the only qualifier god he's god he's worthy i'm his that's incredible bless you lord I don't feel like it. Bless you. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. See, a thankful heart doesn't forget the benefits that are ours through serving the Lord. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. We can't forget that. We can't forget that. If we can look at tomorrow with a hope-filled perspective, we can't forget that. 
if we can face the adverse situations of this life knowing that we have a helper in Christ Jesus, we can't forget this. We must not forget this, that he is the one who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, the Bible asks this piercing question, and I think it is so poignant for the season, and it says this, it says, what will it profit a man? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? That, that, that puts the, the priority of the spiritual way up high. Way up high. What, what good is it going to do us if we're not partakers together of the goodness of God? And that's a, that's a provoking statement that helps us realize the temporal nature of all our material blessings. The obvious conclusion to this question would be that the greater emphasis of our lives needs to be on our relationship to the giver, not the possession of the gift. That's where our priority needs to be in this life. It's, it's great to be thankful for the things in our hands. Don't get me wrong. And we should be. But a far greater worth and value are the things that we hold in our hearts for eternity that are ours through the finished work of Calvary. In this passage, the psalmist lists and elaborates on a number of benefits that come from serving God. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouths with good things. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Somebody shout, Amen. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. I've got to call time out. I've got to tell you today what that really means, lest it's lost on you. Do you know that traveling from north to south is a finite direction? You will only go north so long before you hit a, a pole and you start heading south. So if, if the word had said that God had removed our sins from us as far as the north is from the south... I could live with the expectation, and honestly I did for a long time because I grew up in a, in a culture, in a, in a church climate that, that salvation was a very fragile thing. I mean, you know, if I sneezed wrong, you know, on the Sabbath, it, it just negated all of it, you know, and, and I was lost. And uh, had, to, had to, you know, I, could I repent now that I had to wait to go to church or what, what how does that work, you know? Um, but... Uh, Thankfully, I've unlearned a lot of that stuff and relearned the, the, the boundless grace of God that is sufficient for all of my brokenness. And, and as long as I'm living yielded to Him, He's got me, right? He's, he's got me. And, and I'm just so thankful for that. But here's the thing. I, I don't live with the expectation that there's going to come a pivot or a, a, a transition in my life where all of a sudden God's going to meet me and say, Now. Now, buddy, you've headed north as long as you can. It's all south from here because you've got to answer for all this stuff from yesterday. Now, the word says that as far as the east is from the west, so God has removed our transgressions from us. You realize that as long as you travel east, you're always traveling east. As long as you're traveling west, you're always 
traveling west. So what, what the word is saying here is that there has been an infinite distance set between you and your transgression through the blood of Jesus Christ. The word says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. The psalmist said to bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. And when you're just about done blessing him, bless him some more. Don't forget all that he's done for you. Bless him. A thankful heart doesn't forget the price that was paid for you and I to be partakers. You know, Christmas time's coming. Some of you are going to wait in long lines at ridiculously early hours. I've been delivered from that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> to get that one treasure that your child just so earnestly desires. And you're going to take it home. And they're going to open it up. And with great glee, they're going to play with it for 15 minutes. Until they become more intrigued with the box. Well, you could have gotten a box from anywhere. You wouldn't even have to have got up early, stood in the cold, waited in a long line, been trampled, elbowed, anything. You could have just gotten a box. What I'm saying is we all know what it's like to bless somebody and in return have them seemingly forget that it was by great effort that we opened a door and availed to them the opportunity to be partakers. And what I'm challenging you with today is that you wouldn't forget the great sacrifice that has been made to open the door. The psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But do you realize that unless Jesus came in human flesh and made himself obedient to the death, even the death of the cross, and offered himself willfully thereon and gave his life as an atonement for your sin and for mine, that we could not be partakers, we could not taste and see that the Lord is good? We, we could have no means to be partakers together of those things, but praise be to God, He has made a way. There's a word in the New Testament, 15 times it's used, and I love to hear it. It's the Greek word spelled E-I-S, you and I would pronounce it ice, and it translates into the English word partakers. And it's almost always used in the context of people who were completely without merit. They had, they had, they, there was no credential to their name that they could walk up and prove themselves worthy thereby. And, 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 you know, these people who had no means to attain on their own became, are, are seen in Scripture, becoming partakers of spiritual blessings, heavenly things, and things that without provision we would have never, ever tasted. It carries with it the connotation that a price has been paid, that a ransom been given so that you and I could partake of things that would otherwise be out of our reach. And in the Bible, those who are lost, those who don't know Christ as their Savior, they're classified as strangers and foreigners 
of the kingdom of God. And in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and he says, And you he made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. Observe the law. Doesn't matter. Without the grace of God, you're just like the others. I've never done, it doesn't matter, without the grace of God, you're just like the others. And let me just, I don't know, I, I, this is, really has no qualification, it's just, it's, a, it's more of a person, personal affection for it, but I don't know if there's a more powerful phrase in all of scripture than the ones we're about to see just next, and it's, it's in verse 4 here, and it's just two little words. Paul has listed all of the undoing and the brokenness in all of our lives. He talks about how lost and what strangers and foreigners we were from the heavenly kingdom. And then he says, but God. Let me tell you something, if you're in this place today and you can claim Christ as your king, there is a but God moment in your life. There, there is a but God somewhere. You were lost and on your way to a sinner's hell, but God. You were broken and you were undone, but God. You were about to lose your mind, but God. But God who is rich in mercy, because I was good enough, no because I got myself together no because I cleaned it up no 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 none of that because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Church, I was on the outside. I was on the outside looking on the inside not belonging not being worthy having no merit of my own but God but God who was rich in mercy but God sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but become partakers of everlasting life life abundant and life eternal and he has called us to the table he has called us to the table those of us who had no inheritance in the things of God and he has made us partakers together with Christ Jesus 
We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.
Can, we, can you just begin to lift your voice right now all over this place? We don't have to wait for the cover of a song. We don't have to wait for the noise. To, you, need to be the, you need to be the sound in the room right now that's calling out and just expressing your thanks. Come on, lift him up, church. Pastor Allen, let's go. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Derek, he's, he's a familiar face to you here at Faith Assembly Church, just came to me and shared a testimony from earlier in the service. And I, I want him to share that with you because I believe that there may be somebody else in the room right now that you came to press through the crowd and get to the garment of Christ and be healed today and find provision today, whatever the case may be. And I, I just believe this testimony right now. Come on, Derek. Might just, might just spur some faith in you today just to believe God. Pastor Brandon, can I see that for just a second? Anybody? And so he obviously didn't know, but God knew that I've been having intense jaw pain. Um, I did something to my jaw. I don't know what it was. I thought it was dislocated or misaligned. It was to the point it was intense pain around my ear. I couldn't even put my teeth together in the back. And so I just said, all right, Lord, I'm just going to pray. And Pastor Steve said, you know, there's something to the effect of you can just pray with someone around you or pray. And I just began to believe that Jesus is here. And as I put my hand on my where the pain was, hallelujah, and declare in the name of Jesus healing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, and, not just, and also because of the theme or because of the series today, 
about thankfulness, I began to feel like God was saying, all right, now shift into thanking me for yeah. the healing that's already taken place even before it was done. And as I began to thank him, the pain began to move away. There's no pain. I can put my teeth together. I'm going to eat later, praise the Lord. But I know that God did a miracle today, and I give him glory. God can do it in your life. Just believe in his holy name. Amen. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare over the hurting right now, the hurt in this room. God, those that are desperately in need of a miracle from you, what you've done for Derek, you can do for them, Lord. God, we declare it right now in the name of Jesus that you are a miracle-working God. And we just bless you for it. That you are all-powerful, God. Lord, we just ask you that you would let faith arise in this room right now to believe you for exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask or think. And we give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. We declare victory in this place right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Look, we're going to worship the Lord for a few minutes more. If you need to go, God bless you. But if you need prayer right now, these altars are open. And we want to invite you just to come in faith believing. What has already been done for one can be done for you today. And we want to believe for that. Amen? All right, let's worship the Lord, church. God bless you. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing.
time together in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the opportunity today just to worship together, just reflect on the goodness of God. A couple of quick things. Number one, we will not have midweek ministries here on campus this week. Enjoy your time with your family. And uh, from Pastor Lisa and myself, we just wish you just a wonderful Thanksgiving as you reflect on the goodness of God in your life. We want to leave you with this one verse today. It simply says this, and it's our prayer for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Church, that's our prayer for you today. Father, let your blessing go with your people today. In the name of Jesus give you glory and all God's people shouted amen amen hey we'll see you next Sunday and until then we pray that you have a Jesus filled week God bless you church we want to thank you for joining us this morning for Faith Assembly Online we hope the message today encouraged and inspired you if you'd like to be a part of what's happening at Faith Assembly, we invite you to share this video and like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow our Instagram. You can invest in what's happening by giving online at faith-assembly.org give or by downloading the Church Center app.